Hi, we here at Grace Life would love to help you discover Jesus' unconditional love and grace for you. We pray that this message will be a blessing to you and further establish you in the truth of God's Word. Christmas. Can anybody tell me what is Christmas about? The birth of Jesus. Amen. No? Iman? Waar nog? Waar Emmanuel. Wat betekent Emmanuel? God with us. Amen. Thank you, Everall. So today we just want to talk about this Jesus that was born in a manger. Amen. We're going to talk about Jesus today. If Christmas is not about Jesus, then I wonder what is Christmas about? Nothing. Amen. Everything is about Jesus and what he has done for us. Amen. So manger or Chris or hey, in the evening, for baby Jesus, Christmas for centuries. That is what it means. That Jesus was born in a manger. Um, and the Jews awaited their Savior. The prophet Isaiah spoke of the coming Messiah. Remember? He was also speaking about the coming of the Messiah in the Old Testament. Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall be called, and his name shall be called Emmanuel in Matthew 1.23. It says, it means, like I like Evie said, God with us. Is God with us today? Amen. 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 God is not somebody that makes a promise and he doesn't fulfill his promise. He does fulfill all his promises. Somewhere amidst all the waiting, the Israelites expected the Savior who would remove the oppression, oppressive Roman yoke. They expected a warrior to arrive, arrayed in battle armor, not a helpless baby in a manger. Yeah. Ne? Yes. So what is, a man what is a manger? According to the dictionary, a manger is defined as a box in which fodder is laid. For cattle, do you know a box in which uh, fodder is laid? For cattle? Or the place in which horses and kettles are fed. Do you remember? Yes. Those that grew up on a farm. I remember I grew up also on Bazweni farm. My brother and I, we all grew up on a farm. My children doesn't know what it is to grow up on a farm. But we that grew up on a farm knows what it is to grow up on a farm with all those horses and the cows and how they are being fed. So the word itself comes from a Latin word for chew or eat. In the New Testament times, a manger would be found in a stable. So everybody knows what a stable is. Yes, yes. Next, what is a stable? What is a stable? It's where horses, horses are. They kept horses in the stable. Where the cows and horses were kept and fed. Made mangers were constructed from clay blended with straw or from stone set with mud. At times, mangers were shaped out of natural rock outcroppings. 
whatever, whatever material was used for this construction, a major was most often low to the ground, which makes sense for that is where a cow or a horse would place its mouth to eat. Did Mary lay Jesus in a manger after he was born? Did he? Did she? Yes, she did lay Jesus in a manger after he was born. And as recorded in scripture, the first time the word manger is referred to, to Christ is in Luke 2 verse 7. Let's go to Luke, Luke 2 verse 7. So we want you to just make sure what happened the day Jesus was born. Lucas 2, Lucas 2, verse 7. Luke is in the New Testament. Luke 2, verse 7. New Testament, ne? Still in the Bible. Luke 2 verse 7 reads, And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. I'm going to read it again. And she gave birth to her firstborn. It was not the secondborn. She gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. Now today when, when women gives birth, they go into a hospital and they give birth in a nice comfortable bed, oh, yes. in a nice comfortable theater. But now this Mary, she gave birth to a firstborn son wrapped in swaddling cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. So yes, Mary placed the newborn son, Jesus, in a feeding trough. That's a, man a manger. When we see what a manger looked like, it forms looks tailor-made to hold a baby with a rounded base and slope sides. I cannot explain how does it look. But you can imagine. When a swaddling cloth, narrow bands of fabric used to envelop a baby to restrict its movement and keep it safe. So it was like a lapper, but a rondom is gedraaid. The perceived discomfort of a feeding trough is softened by the fabric's bulk. G Joseph and Mary were not. A wealthy family. Wasn't it wasn't right? Yeah. They were not a wealthy family. Luke 2, 2 verse 22 to 24 tells us. Luke 2 verse 22 to 24 tells us that they gave two turtle doves or two pigeons. Can you imagine what they gave when Jesus was born? Two turtle doves. And who knows how does a turtle dove look like? Those grey doves. And a pigeon. How does a pigeon look? What color is it? Black and white sometimes. No? Yes. Okay. So they gave two pigeons and two turtle doves. According to the Levitical law found in Leviticus 12, verse 7 to 8, this gift could be offered if a couple was so poor. 
If a couple is poor, they offer those two turtle doves and a pigeon. So they could not afford a lamb. So if you were rich, they would have given you a lamb, but because they were poor, they were given these two turtle doves. It is interesting to reflect on the fact that while Joseph and Mary were too poor to offer a lamb, they, through the overshadowing of the Holy Spirit, Luke 1 verse 35, you can just write it down and go and read Luke 1 verse 35. I'm going to read that again. It is interesting to reflect on the fact that while Joseph and Mary were too poor to offer a lamb, they through the overshadowing of the Holy Spirit indeed brought the Lamb of God into the world. Isn't that awesome? They didn't need to give a lamb, but they brought the Lamb of God into the world. The Lamb of God who would, who would take away the sins of the world. And His name is Jesus. Amen. So, so, they, they, they gave him the two pigeons and they gave him the turtle doves. But Jesus himself was the lamb that was given, that, was, that Mary gave birth to. And he is the one who take away the sins of the world. Now when we are sitting here, we are thinking, we can imagine how this baby Jesus was born so that we, our sins, could be forgiven today. Isn't that salvation itself? Yes. Isn't that salvation? Isn't that Jesus comes to save the world? Amen? Yes. So Jesus himself was the Lamb of God who take away the sins of this world. And that is written in John 1 verse 29 and 36. What is significant about where Jesus was born? What is what is, what is so significant about the place which, where Mary gave birth to this beautiful um, lamb? Over 300 prophecies about our Lord Jesus are found throughout the Old Testament. Okay. 300, over 300 prophecies about our Lord Jesus are found throughout the Old Testament. And Jesus fulfilled every one of those prophecies. Not one of those prophecies was not fulfilled. Every one of those 300 prophecies was fulfilled in the Old Testament. One prophecy refers to where the Messiah would be born. One prophecy. Yeah. And that is written in Micah 5 verse 2. Micah. 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 5 verse 2 which says, But you Bethlehem Ephrata, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me, one who is the ruler in Israel. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. Who's coming forth is from old, from ancient days. Remember, in the beginning was the word. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. The word was God. And the word became flesh. And it dwells, it still dwells today amongst us. And we behold the glory of the begotten Father. Amen. Thank you, Philip. 
when the wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, remember the story? When the wise men came from the east, came to Jerusalem, they asked, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? So the wise men was asking. They knew. They asked, where is he? And that is in Matthew 2 verse 2. And then King Herod was troubled by that report and assembled all the chief priests and scribes of the people. He inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. Can you imagine the birth of Jesus and how angry King Herod was? So there must be something about this Jesus that is going to be born. Matthew 2 verse 3 to 4. The wise men replied in Bethlehem. The wise men replied. When King Herod was asking, the wise men replied. In Bethlehem of Judah. For so it is written by the prophet. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Matthew 2 verse 6. If Mary's baby has been born anywhere else, he would not have been the Messiah. Yes. If Jesus was born in the inn or in the hospital or where, he wouldn't have been the Messiah. Because it was prophesied. He would not be the Messiah. His birth is in Bethlehem is a prophecy fulfilled. Amen? Amen. And as Jesus said in Matthew 5 verse 17, do not think that I've come to abolish the law. Remember, oh, yes. I said the prophecies in the, in the Old Testament? Yes. How Jesus came to fulfill each one of those prophecy, yes. prophecies. But uh, listen to this. Do not think that I've come to abolish the law or the prophets. What did Jesus come to do? Did he come to destroy it? No. No. He came. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill the prophecies. So we, which means... Even if the book starts in Genesis, whatever happened and whatever was promises, promised in Genesis, so Jesus fulfilled those promises. Amen? So his birth in Bethlehem helps point all men to himself. It means salvation. Everybody needs to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. So that birth of Jesus in Bethlehem helps to point all men to himself. What is the nativity story and its importance for me and for you, for all of us that are sitting here? Hoekom is dit belangrik? Hoekom is dit belangrik? Hoekom was Jesus' geboorte belangrik vir allemaal van ons wat hier sit vandaan? While the nativity story is well known by Christians and non-believers alike, few fully grasp the weight of how God orchestrated the events which led to the birth of the Lord Jesus as men. And still today, isn't it so? There's not, it's not everybody that received this message of the Lord. We that are sitting here that have received Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And I hope everybody that is sitting here have received Him as their Lord and Savior. We are the believers. Those that have called upon the name, that has confessed with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. Amen? Those are the chosen. Or the, and everybody, even in the world, but we, 
need to go to them and tell them about the good news. And what did we say? A God man, Emmanuel, means God with us. And God is still today with each and everybody of us. So what do we need to do as Christians and as, as, as people? We need to receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior. The word nativity means birth, the coming into life or the world. In the Bible, Matthew 1 verse 18 to 25, Matthew 1, 18 to 25, and Luke 2 verse 1 to 7 gave the nativity accounts of the Lord Jesus Christ. Matthew begins with Mary and Joseph betrothed, and that she was found with a child of she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Joseph is described as a just man. Joseph is described as a just man, a righteous man who followed God's law. Remember, who did not want to publicly shame Mary. Why didn't Joseph want to publicly shame Mary? He loved her. But an angel of the Lord came to him in a dream and revealed her child was of the Holy Spirit. So Joseph didn't have an intimate relationship with Mary, uh, with Mary for Jesus to be, um, for Mary to be pregnant. The angel also revealed she would bear a son. And you, Joseph, shall call his name. What shall we call his name? What shall they call his name? Jesus. Jesus. For he will save his people from their sin. It is only Jesus. That is not Jesus alone, but the world can be lost from the sonde. And if you don't have Jesus in your heart, I think it's time that you receive him as your Lord and Savior. Because nobody can save you. Niemand kan die wereld red nie, net Jesus alleen. Joseph arose from his sleep, took to him his wife, and did not know her till she had brought, brought forth her firstborn son. What is her firstborn son's name? Jesus. Jesus. And, he's called, and he called his name Jesus. Joseph from Bethlehem set out with his pregnant wife from Nazareth in Galilee to the city of David in Judea which was called Bethlehem. Joseph was of the house of the lineage of David, and so it was that while they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to Jesus. Now, at Christmas time, when we each place our nativity sets on a place of notice, it's good to remember these lessons from the story of the birth of Jesus. Welcome, Anella. Welcome. It's good to remember these lessons from the story of birth of Jesus. Jesus came as a lowly baby. A lowly baby. Where did he, where was he born? In Bethlehem. In Bethlehem. And he, and, and he grew strong in spirit and in the grace of our Lord. If Jesus could grow strong in the spirit and in the grace of our Lord, why can't we grow strong and in the grace of the Lord? Amen? Amen. We come into this world in the same way as Jesus, weak and frail and in humanity. All of us came like that. 
By His grace, we became children of God. Isn't it so? By His grace, all of us became children of God. Co-is, Titus 3 verse 7. Co-is, as we grew so we can grow more like Him. And one day we will behold Him with unveiled faces. Did any one of you see Jesus? But one day we will see Him face to face. We have got Jesus on the inside of us. We received Him as our Lord and Savior. So Jesus lives on the inside of us. Amen? We can see Jesus through His Word. In the Bible, we can see Jesus. Joseph and Mary were obedient to the Lord's call. Can you hear what happened? Joseph and Mary were obedient to the Lord's call. No matter what the hardship. It doesn't matter what they went through. They walked. This pregnant woman walked far. It doesn't matter their hardship. Mary just about to give birth. Tracked many miles in subjection to her husband. And Joseph later in compliance to the Lord's will. In their lives. In our lives. This light and momentary affliction. Whatever we be at any given moment. Shouldn't our lives be the same? Shouldn't we also go through hardships? It doesn't mean if you're a Christian everything must just go well with you. We must also, we also, all of us go through some hardships. And this is what happened to Mary and Joseph. But the word says, <clears throat> sorry, in our lives, this light and momentary affliction, whatever we bear at any given moment, is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory. Isn't that so? So it doesn't matter what we go through in this world. There's going to be one day an eternal weight of glory that we will behold. And that is written in 2 Corinthians 4 verse 17. 4 verse 17. Joseph displayed a great love for Mary. Can you see how Joseph displayed a great, great love? Why? Because he forgave Mary. The angel came. And the angel said to Joseph, no? That he shouldn't be ashamed to behold Mary. He shouldn't, shouldn't be ashamed. Because whatever what, is, what was happening in Mary was given through and by the Holy Spirit. Amen? He strove to follow the law and wanted to divorce her in quietly. Can you see? He was just a man. And he wanted to divorce her in quietly to keep her shame from them. But because of what God said to him. Can you hear? But because of what God said to him. Through the angel's message and his love for her, he stayed and became Jesus' earthly father. No matter what the world dictates as normal, no matter what the world dictates as normal, God's supernatural normal eclipses anything the world tries to define. It doesn't matter what the world defines as normal. As our beloved God leads you through many trials, trust Him. Can we trust Jesus? Yes. When we go through these trials and tribulations, yes. can we put our hope in Him yes. as believers? Because He is the one that will bring us through all these trials. Amen? But the one thing we just need to be is to be obedient. Just be obedient. 
Just follow Him. Doesn't matter what the world says, what the world dictates to you. We know the gospel, we know the truth, and we need to follow Jesus. Amen? His promises is yes and amen. Many of the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers out of them all. Amen. Not just some, yeah. The Lord delivers us out of all, everything that we go through in our lives. So we need to put our trust in Him. We can trust God. If you can trust your friend, I can just give you this morning good news. Trust God rather than trusting your friend. Amen. The world expects one thing while the Lord delivers something else. If you think, if one of us, maybe if something happens in your life and you think you can go to the world, you will expect something else. But once you put your trust in God, you will see how God pulls you and brings you through that situation. The Jews wanted the Messiah to save them from Roman oppression. God sent a Savior wrapped in swaddling clothes. God is our God of the unexpected, isn't he? He is the God of the unexpected. When you look at your nativity set or read the account in the Bible, praise God, we will always be awed by him. We will always be awed by what God does. Ons al altyd verbaas staan as ons dink aan hoe Jesus ons dier ons situasies en dier alles dra in ons levens. And sometimes it is heartbroken to see how the world trusts in the world. How the world can trust in men except putting their trust in God. God will always be awed by um, um, God's word is a wonder to behold. And like Philip said, God's word and God's promises is yes and it is amen. God's word is a wonder to behold. And it is worthy of all the precious time it takes to study it and to get to know God through His Word. Is there anybody here that does not study God's Word? If there's anybody that does not study it, the world's way is not going to help you. Your friends, your family is not going to help you. It's only God's Word that can pull you through any situation. And sometimes we think we cannot get rid of this one thing that we want, that we normally do. Yeah? But if you put your trust in God, He's the only one that will pull you through. Net Jesus Because He came meek and lowly, Matthew, in Matthew 11, verse 29. And as a baby who lay in a manger, the Jews completely missed Jesus' first advent. The scribes knew the prophecies but choose their own human will over which God ordained. Their long-awaited Messiah will not let them or anyone miss his second coming. Are we looking forward to see Jesus? We will see him. As scripture says, therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed him upon him the name that is above every name. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. At the sound of the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. 
do we say, think it's only us that is alive that will bow, even they that are dead will bow their knees. Even they that are in heaven will bow their knees at the sound of the name of Jesus. Even the unbelievers, even those that did not receive him as Lord and Savior, everyone will bow their knees because he is Lord. Amen. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God, the Father. Amen. We'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to connect with us, or if you'd like us to pray with you, please contact us at info at gracelife.co. If you'd like to order more resources or discover more about us, you can visit our website at www.gracelife.co or find us on Twitter, Facebook and YouTube.